Okay, we have on the Rashes World a special guest today, Kelly Kelly. She's the founder and CEO of Hand to Hold. Uh, welcome to Rashes World. Ah, thank you? you. I'm delighted to be with you. Great. And so uh, could you just uh, briefly introduce yourself? Um, who are you? What do you do in any ways uh, you see fit? In any ways you're comfortable. So. Okay. Yes, I am Kelly Kelly. It is a married name. People always ask if my parents name me Kelly Kelly. Uh, and I am the founder and the CEO of Hand to Hold. We're a national nonprofit organization dedicated to providing personalized support to NICU parents before, during, and after a NICU stay, our loss of a baby. And I found it hand to hold because I am a NICU parent. I um, spent four months in the hospital with my son who was born uh, 21 years ago, uh, weighing just a pound and a half and uh, had a, a very difficult NICU stay and a long journey afterwards uh, with surgeries, medications, therapies, and a lot of challenges. And um, I also have uh, a daughter who was born six weeks early, which is considered a late preterm baby. Uh, but she also had a NICU stay and uh, quite a few medical and developmental challenges. So I just wanted to take that experience, um, that loneliness, that those challenges, uh, and all the things I learned from being a NICU parent to provide support to other Nikki families. So that was a long introduction, but that's who I am. And that's what we do at Hand to Hold. We're 11 years old and uh, growing every year uh, to serve more families across the country. Mm -hmm. And just to clarify for those who might not know this, so we're talking about newborn intensive care units for, for children who are uh, mostly born here premature, prematurely. And so it is, um, uh, I'm very sorry that you have gone through the, the difficulties that you have, but I'm also very happy that you are sharing your knowledge uh, with others, that you're here to, to give um, parents who are suffering from this emotional support, as well as the resources and the knowledge that uh, uh, they need to, to get through these difficult challenges. Um, so uh, if you can tell us a bit, what are some of the challenges that uh, stick out that uh, um, parents as well as uh, uh, the babies uh, face as uh, they go through this difficult process? Oh, there's, there's just a, a, a lot of different challenges along the journey. It's a real journey. So um, many start from being on bed rest. Um, you may receive a, a prenatal diagnosis and know that your baby's going to have a heart defect or require surgery, um, maybe be born with a special health care need, um, and or you are, as a mother, experiencing preeclampsia or other medical conditions that might lead to preterm birth. So you may be on bed rest are anticipating that your baby's going to be in the NICU after birth. So those challenges, that's why we say we support families before the NICU. So anyone that's anticipating um, going into the NICU space, we are providing support from uh, early on. Uh, but then once you're in the NICU, um, bonding with a medically fragile baby. Uh, for many parents, we're not able to hold or feed our babies from the beginning. The th change a diaper, the things that you think of with a newborn baby. And uh, not only are they very tiny, like I mentioned, my son was a pound and a half. We have babies born even smaller than that today that do have some very high survival rates, um, but they are born very tiny. Uh, their skin is uh, very fragile. 
um, as they're usually on respirators or require a lot of medical equipment. So it may be some time before the parents are able to hold them. So imagine trying to bond with your newborn baby. You know, if you're a parent, the first thing they do is put that baby on your chest and mom and dad are hugging them and kissing them and bonding with them and talking with them. Even, you know, when you have a micro preemie like I did, you speak in a very hushed tone. Uh, you don't want to have a lot of stimuli around this very medically fragile baby and um, that is still meant to be in the womb for many more months, right? So trying to bond when their baby's, you know, basically in this isolate and, and under glass. And so that's a first challenge, but then the challenges continue of once you are holding and feeding, feeding is often a challenge. Our babies are not ready. Uh, their brains are not developed enough, nor are their muscles and their uh, all the things that require for them to suck and swallow and breathe, the things that we just take advantage, you know, that uh, a newborn can do. So um, feeding is often an issue. Uh, many times they have ongoing uh, challenges and may need a long-term NICU stay. And like me, they may have to go back to work. That is a real challenge. I know uh, you y'all may have more parent, parental leave than we do here in the United States, but I had to go back to work after six weeks, uh, which actually was quite generous uh, on my company. But you know, to keep my insurance, I had to do that. So then I'm navigating my baby being in the NICU and I'm wanting to be there and be a part of that and learn to care for him, but I'm having to be at work as well. But many parents um, have other children at home, right? And to other things that, so they're not able to be in the NICU. Then there's all the financial challenges. Um, our babies can uh, be more than a million dollars from a NICU stay. And so just depending on what kind of insurance and healthcare and uh, things that uh, your baby qualifies for. Uh, and then once they're discharged, you're looking at ongoing therapies and medications and doctor's appointments. And they may have feeding delays. They may have uh, developmental challenges, they, learning delays. Many of our children go on to have ADHD and some challenges in school. So, uh, you know, I think there's kind of a misnomer that our NICU grads at three, for some reason, three is supposed to be the magic number. And uh, we're all, everything's supposed to be uh, on track at that time. But I, I didn't have that experience. And I know a lot of NICU parents um, find that our children go on to have sometimes a lifetime of different challenges related to their premature birth. So just many different challenges. We can't, we, what we want to do is just be there for the family so that they know they're not alone, that we're sharing information and uh, just support, really, of, you know, we have been through this, and to give them the inspiration and the stories, like, you know, both my children are now in college and doing very, very well, and so we want to inspire these families that are in the NICU or, you know, right out of the NICU, that your child, too, um, will, we hope, have a very full and healthy uh, life and, and surpass all your expectations of them uh, being born so early. Absolutely, and uh, these are these are very very difficult moments for for the parents. So it's great that they can actually um, consult you beforehand before uh, their baby is born, and it's actually quite common. I read like one out of seven that the statistics I got one out of seven could spend some time there as in terms of, uh, as as an infant, 
And uh, one thing that you're mentioning, yes, every child is different. So it's, it's really hard to decide, okay, at this age, this is going to happen. So it depends on their own development. And it's, it's kind of unique. It's very, uh, very um, individualized uh, uh, how they progress and, and, and what comes after. And my son was premature. And so uh, there is, uh, when you talk about delays, there, there's also a lot of patience we have to have with our children uh, when they're growing up, especially when they're premature, because that means they did not have the full time to, to develop, you know, and I think that is uh, a lot of uh, parents are not fully aware of that and uh, need to give their children uh, that extra support. But as you're saying, if the parents themselves are struggling and they have issues, emotional issues, financial issues, as you're mentioning, then it's so much harder. So it's, it's, it's wonderful to have an organization like yours to go to where you, it's, you can provide them the necessary, uh, again, knowledge, the education, the help. But I think mostly emotional support is, is very important in this situation. I agree. And, you know, I didn't know uh, in the beginning uh, how NICU parents are at a higher risk for having what we call perinatal mood and anxiety disorders. So that's everything from having postpartum depression uh, to have experiencing high levels of anxiety, acute anxiety, to what we now know is PTSD. And so it was quite some time before I was able to uh, seek uh, professional care and uh, actually had a diagnosis and sought out support and counseling um, for the challenges I was having. But, you know, I did experience a trauma. I experienced a very traumatic birth. I actually went into labor while driving home from work. Um, so a very traumatic uh, rush to the hospital, uh, not expecting the baby to live. And then all of a sudden finding ourselves in this very long uh, hospital stay. So uh, that, it was something I didn't even have time to process because I was then caring for this medically fragile child. And so uh, what we want to do is educate parents that they are at a higher risk for having all of these uh, mental health or emotional challenges and get them the support that they need early. Uh, so we really believe early intervention is key. And so that is connecting you with a trained peer mentor. So someone who has gone through our training to uh, provide support to you, but someone who has a like experience. So we would like to always match them with someone who has an experience as close to theirs as possible. So a, a mom of a 24-weeker supporting another mom of a 24-weeker or a dad. Uh, we have many dad uh, peer mentors as well. But then um, just this last year, we launched an app, a mobile phone app, and you can connect with our family support specialists. So we actually have a team of dedicated staff across the country that serve as a virtual family support specialist. So they are certified uh, mental health peer specialists and we match them uh, for individualized appointments um, through our app with families in need of support. And then we're doing virtual support groups every week, multiple times a day. Uh, we offer different affinity groups because again, we just really believe it's very important for you to relate to others that have the similar challenges that you're having. Uh, so we're offering many affinity groups, so groups in Spanish and for bereaved parents and, and other things. So uh, every year, I feel like we're just layering on uh, additional resources and support programs for families. And I think the reason that you found us was hearing that uh, we have our first conference next week. I was going to mention uh, it. You know, yes. I, I tell you, I, 
I uh, knew of a conference, an a in-person conference for NICU parents back when my baby was first born. I believe it was in New York City. And I remember really wanting to go because if you can imagine way back then, there wasn't even Facebook, right? So there was no way for me to really connect with other NICU parents. But I had heard that there was this conference. But how am I going to go travel to New York City, one, when I have this very medically fragile tiny child, but also financially, uh, you know, that was a barrier. So there were so many barriers. And so we're just thrilled that we're having this virtual conference, the first conference for Hand to Hold. And we decided to do tracks, um, three tracks. Uh, one is for NICU parents. So really the first virtual conference ever for NICU parents to come and learn about the challenges their baby might face, the challenges they might be facing and uh, to be educated and empowered and inspired. And then a track for NICU professionals because Handahold really believes that that family support comes first in the NICU. So we want all of our NICU family, our NICU professionals to be very family-centered minded, uh, family-centered care, and thinking about how they communicate with the families, understanding and relating with the family of what they're going through. I think it's very easy for them to forget that, you know, because they are, you know, serving so many families uh, over short periods of time that, you know, we're coming from places of trauma. And so sometimes that makes it hard uh, for us to even understand uh, what the NICU professionals are communicating to us and with us. And then lastly, uh, a track for Spanish speaking families. Um, we have really been focused on that for hand to hold because uh, Spanish speaking families tend to have more preterm birth and more NICU stays, but have less access to support in their own language. So we are really trying to, to make sure that we are thinking about that population and being there to serve all of those families as well. I was uh, very impressed that you do have virtual support groups. And I think part of it, might, again, would be probably because of COVID and the situation we're going through. But at the same time, I think it's a wonderful idea, something that we should continue once we're past the pandemic as well, because it makes life so much easier. And the fact of having a virtual conference, it's so exciting because, you, as you're saying, you don't have to physically be there. You can connect. You can channel through the uh, knowledge of all these uh, very interesting speakers, very uh, insightful uh, speakers. And if you can maybe mention uh, a, a few of them who are going to speak. So the, the conference is on November 3rd to November 5th, if, if I'm correct. So it's a three-day conference. And who will be speaking and what will they be talking about? Just I know there are quite a few speakers there, but there are the main focus there. Yeah. There are many speakers on many different topics, uh, but some of my, you know, well, I'm excited about all of them, but of course our, our keynote speaker, Dr. Susan David, uh, she's the author of Emotional Agility and uh, talking about life after trauma and how do we use these, uh, these experiences and become more emotionally agile and able to uh, come out of trauma in a, in a very positive space and how um, we can ensure that, um, we, we don't often think of ourselves, you know, I, I am not an agile person. I would never tell you that I'm very athletic and, you know, uh, I, even from a young age, uh, but I didn't ever think about being emotionally agile, being able to um, kind of walk through very difficult 
challenging times, just as if, you know, I was trying to scale a wall physically, I'm trying to scale a wall emotionally and um, kind of developing that muscle and being able to navigate different emotional stressors in a very positive way. So how do you take some very negative, challenging things and come out stronger and with more tools and ability um, to, to, you know, we're going to have stressors in our lives. We're going to have traumas. Uh, I don't think anyone, I remember someone when I was very young saying to me, don't think that your life will never be touched. Meaning like you need to have empathy and compassion for others that are having challenges because at some point, more than likely, we are going to have uh, those challenging experiences. So just helping us to be more emotionally agile. So super excited about Dr. Susan David. Um, She has a wonderful TED talk if you have not heard her speak. And uh, of course, her book is fantastic. But uh, she was interviewed by Brene Brown uh, on her podcast and and has really, you know, that has really uh, helped her soar. Uh, and people understanding more about emotional agility. But and you the, also uh, have Michelle Rosenthal. I had a chance to talk to her and she her approach is fascinating. Again, yes. also trauma-informed. And, I'm a uh, huge yeah. fan, a huge fan of Michelle Rosenthal. And, uh, you know, really kind of at the forefront of thinking about life after trauma and dealing with trauma. And she uh, herself has uh, had a very traumatic life experience. And and, and that um, personal touch, that kind of passion and honesty that goes with it, that you've suffered and you know what it feels like. I think uh, uh, and uh, a lot of uh, parents can, can really appreciate that. You're not just a, a doctor telling us how things are. You are actually a parent yourself who has gone through that. And the same as Michelle, she has gone through the trauma so we're speaking of personal experience and that adds so much more emotion to it and a connection and empathy you mentioned empathy absolutely and I think uh, trauma is something that is very important and we're only recently really uh, becoming more focused on that and talking about it more openly and considering it more open even the experts and so what can you add to that because I think that's that's my passion I think that is so important to be able to talk about it, to deal with it, because otherwise it's going to be nagging uh, on you, and it will—you uh, will not enjoy life. You will not feel free or or happy or content you with your really life. Finally, work through it. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I think I think you're right. I think COVID specifically has allowed us to talk about mental health and emotional health. We've all gone through this together uh, across the across the country, around the world. And really, the and, first time, except World War II, I think that was the last time we had this collective trauma. So when you say I suffer from this situation or I have somebody who is sick, everybody can relate to it now, no matter where you are. And I think that is uh, it's it's horrible what's happening, but at the same time, it is encouraging because we can empathize more. We can understand each other more. A collective understanding. Appreciate And that's, that's been something really important to me uh, from starting hand to hold is to be able to talk about and not Mm -hmm. feel ashamed of the fact that I did struggle with PTSD. Um, Because I I had people in the beginning say, your baby lived, why, why are you sad? Uh, You know, you should be able to move on. He's doing great. And so I had an inner turmoil, uh, if you will, of 
Like, what is wrong with me? Why can I not move forward? Why, why am I uh, still having so many um, challenges and so much anxiety? And so for me, it was about being educated about what, the, what trauma is and what are the physical um, manifestations of trauma and getting connected to the right uh, support systems and counseling and medications and all of those things. I mean, it is a journey and you have to do a lot of hard work uh, yeah, to that, and you need yeah. a lot of support and a lot of empathy. And I just want to shine the light on mental health of NICU parents. And that's part of this conference that we are going to talk about the emotional health the mental health of NICU parents. And then for NICU professionals, for them to understand uh, so that they're better able to support within the NICU and, but also their own mental health. So they, as we know, our uh, medical workers across the country and around the world are suffering more than ever uh, with their own burnout and their own traumas and their own grief and all the things uh, that they've been through. So, um, you know, we will definitely be talking about the emotional mental health and burnout and stress that our NICU professionals face as well. And, and, and that is it. When we start talking about it, others feel encouraged and they don't feel odd. They say, oh, I am going through the same thing. And I like the idea of support groups, too, because then you can share and you see you're not the only one who's suffering from it. It's like also many people have dysfunctional families, but they think it's 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 kind of, yeah, that's just uh, happening to me and everybody else is having a happy life. But then once people start opening up, we will see everybody has had traumatic experiences, some to a higher degree than others, but it's not something that you're free of. So and being able to acknowledge that not being ashamed of uh, looking for help when you when you need it, taking advantage of, of uh, the mental health professionals that are around you. I think that is a very important shift that we're having and not just just kind of being stoic about it. I think that's that's not helping anybody. And so um, and especially as you're saying for for these parents, because their anxiety um, goes through the, their children, through the infants, to the babies, because they're like sponges, they absorb it. So for the benefit of everyone, I think it is so important to, to deal with this issue and to, to talk about that. Simply talking about some of these things, it's such a relief, but a lot of us are afraid, afraid of being seen as vulnerable, as weak and so on. And I think we are seeing a paradigm shift that this is changing. And you see actual vulnerability is strength, like Brenna Brown says. And yes. I think that is absolutely true. And uh, that is very, very encouraging to see in the world currently, that movement. Right. And we're just really excited about it because we, for us, it means that we are able to uh, host a conference like this and talk about all these things like in, in this, you know, national environment in this virtual environment, bringing people from all over the country, all over the world to come and talk about these things and just to build awareness of the, again, the challenges that not only the babies face, but the parents face as well and helping improve outcomes. And you, you nailed it when you said like the mental health of the parent has a direct impact on the outcome of the baby. And so we want the, we want the mental health to be as important for the parent as the medical care is for the baby, right? So we want them to come out of this NICU stay and this NICU journey and set them up for the best possible outcome 
um, for both the baby and the entire family unit. And so that's what we're all about at Hand to Hold. That's what this conference is about. Uh, we, we've said empowering and educating and inspiring. We're going to be showing videos of Nikki grads and uh, where they are today and what they, they've accomplished and uh, just really excited. Uh, it's a time of celebration and education uh, like never before for Hand to Hold. So we're just delighted. And I thank you so much for inviting me to be thank a part you of so the podcast and talk yes. about this and raise awareness and um you know anything that we can do to support nikki families they can find us on our website it's handahold.org and uh certainly through our app uh, so they can just go to their app store uh, and look for hand to hold and uh, we have like i said virtual family support specialists and peer mentors and counselors and weekly virtual support groups we also have a podcast like yours it's called nicu yeah, now uh, for parents while they're in the nicu and beyond the nicu it's called uh, nicu and beyond uh, so we can continue to provide support to families through our podcast so just encourage them to visit our website and find ways to connect with us and we want to provide support no matter where they are in their journey even if they're several years out of the NICU, we still want to be a source of support and education for them. Absolutely. Thank you so much for, for your organization, Hand to Hold. Thank you so much for organizing this, uh, this conference. Uh, uh, you say the first and only, but I hope there will be many others that will follow. And uh, of, of really talking about these issues and it's Prematurity Awareness Month. Uh, so that's something, again, people can uh, talk more about it talk about the challenges, the issues, but also how to overcome those challenges. And I think that is very important. So nobody feels hopeless or there's nothing to do. There's a lot to do. There's a lot of emotional, uh, psychological support. There is, again, uh, conferences, podcasts, and so on, so that people can stay informed and uh, they're not alone. They are not alone. That is the number one thing we want them to know. And, um, you know, sometimes, People, parents specifically, have a hard time thinking about putting themselves first and investing in their own care. But I think that if they know that the impact it's going to have for their child, it's all interconnected. We'll yeah. do anything for our kids, right? Yes. We'll do absolutely. whatever it takes for our kids. So I just encourage all Nikki families to, and parents to, to really invest in their own mental health and self care so they can be the best they can be for their parents, for their children. So thank you thank so you much. Kelly Kelly, founder and CEO of Hand to Hold. Thank you very much. Good luck with the conference and uh, all the best to you. All Thank right, look forward to talking to you again. Thank you. Take care. Bye bye.